I'll be reading a very short reading in Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 14. Seeing then that we have a great high priest that has passed into the heavens, Jesus the Son of God, let us hold fast our profession. For we have not an high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. Let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. In time of need. Amen. This morning, I feel such a burden of the word of the Lord upon my heart. And the word that I want to preach to us this morning is don't ignore the storm. Amen. Can we lay our Bibles down asking God to help us achieve what he wants to do in this house? Heavenly Father, we thank you for this opportunity. God, everything that we are doing is in your hands. We yield ourselves unto you. I love you, Master. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Can we give the Lord a hand cup of praise in this house this morning? Amen. Thank you for your response to the Word of God. You may be seated. Amen. Don't ignore the storm. Thank you, Brother Hilton, for being sensitive to the Holy Ghost, and I want to say you are my friend as well. I love you, brother. It is the storms of life that awaken us. If I may share something very personal that happened, it was yesterday morning, and I was awakened by a storm that was blowing wind and rain in my bedroom window. In fact, that very storm saved my life. Not just my life, but the life of my entire family. I would not be standing here today if it were not a storm that blew through my house yesterday morning. You see, it was 4.30 a.m. Saturday morning. I woke up because of wind and rain was coming against an open window in my bedroom, and as the noise awoke, Sister Goff and I, we thought we had left a window open in our office, and as she gets up, she steps outside our bedroom, and she's met with the overwhelming smell of natural gas. This is on the second floor of our house, and as we cautiously go downstairs not to turn on any lights, not to make anything abrupt, Sister Goff discovers that the range had been bumped and the knob had been turned on when the last part of the family went to bed around 12.30 that morning. For four hours, natural gas was flowing into our house, and as the situation was addressed, I sat there thanking God for the storm. Even now, my mind goes back 
wondering what if. But it was because of a storm that my heart is full of gratitude. It was a storm that woke me from the slumber of my deep sleep that let me know something was wrong. God sent a storm my way to physically wake me up so my family would not be obliterated just as the gas vapors. It was so full in the house that it made it to the second floor of the home. It took an hour for us to air the house out so we could safely feel at rest and have some form of semblance of peace. Before you judge me, allow me to present the precautions I took to ensure that this issue would never happen. Sixteen inches from the range is a brand new industry standard natural gas detector. It did not go off. Eighteen to twenty inches from the range is an air quality detector that measures and alerts on certain thresholds. It sent no notifications. Across the room was an air purifier that measures the toxicity of the air and will clean air impurities and the meter registered good air quality. I understand scientific measurements and all the things about it. I understand there's special tools just for this. The range itself is six months old and free of defects, yet the knob was able to be bumped and turned on and to create what would have been a drastic different situation for my family this weekend had it not changed. I can look at all these things that should have protected me, but ultimately... The responsibility falls on me. It is the Father, the protector of my family to ensure that I provide a safe environment for my family. Walk through my house. Check the doors and windows. Ensure all is well before I go to sleep. Thank God for a storm. I believe God sent that storm my way. And if you think of me so shallow, it doesn't take much research to understand how dangerous that situation was for my family. You don't have to but search just a few key words on the internet or even go one that may be a little close to some of you that may be on social media about an apostolic couple, the newlyweds that had just been married, walked in the door of their house and obliterated their life. And she's recovering after all the skin grafts of their house just exploded. Even sitting here today, my father spent over seven years as a fireman, and no doubt he could share life experiences of story after story of dangers that are around us that are preventable. Accidents take lives. I remember vividly being going through grade school, going in then into elementary, I'm sorry, middle school, going to the Bonner Springs Community Center and playing basketball with a boy named Stephen Aldridge who had, in Edwardsville, Kansas, been caught in a fire. And if I remember correctly, Dad, I thought you were on the team that helped rescue their family or associated with it, but he was burned from head to toe. His arms, his skin was so tight that he couldn't open them all the way, and he was living life in that manner. So it's important for us, important for me to protect my family, but it's equally important for us to protect our hearts. Now we can look at several stories as we read through the Bible of men who went through the physical storm and we can draw encouragement from them. We can think of Jonah who we find the story where 
Not only did God prepare a great fish, but He created a storm. He wanted to ensure that Jonah was on board God's shipping services. He delivered right on time. He made sure revival came to Nineveh. He ensured that no matter what Jonah did, the measures he went to go the extreme opposite, there came a storm. We can see and read through that towards the end of Acts, we'll find where the Apostle Paul was shipwrecked on the island of Malta. God used a storm to bring the gospel to a people that otherwise would never hear this gospel. The Maltese people received the Apostle Paul, and, and the, by the time of his departure, you could say they loved him because they loaded him down with provisions as he went to get on a new ship. And I won't get into the details because it's very interesting, the last parts of Acts, it's very detailed about this journey, what island, the fathoms are measured, the days they fasted. This is a very detailed account. Even the bay is called St. Paul's Bay to this day on Malta, just south of Sicily. And very detailed in Scripture. But what's so interesting is God used a storm to put Apostle Paul on an island where a man need healed. And sent the man of God who had the power of the name of Jesus on his life to allow him to walk up and handle that situation and give healing. The terror we find as we look at the early persecution of the church. And we can look at those examples and if I may reflect back on Jonah. We can look at Apostle Paul. There are times that our flesh will try to disassociate ourselves from the reality of what we are really experiencing because of the examples that are provided are not exactly what we're going through. And we try to discredit the Word of God because it's not exactly, and it can't be to a T. But God knows what you're going through this morning. He knows exactly what you're feeling. God has you in the palm of His hand, whether it be in a storm or not. God knows where you're at. Even in the next example, the persecution of the church, we can distance ourselves from that application. But I want to challenge you to follow along and see how the Word of God can help you today. Because I believe God is wanting to do a work in your life this morning. As we read through the New Testament Scriptures, I'll be reading in Acts chapter 8, starting in verse 3, it's right after the stoning of Stephen. We find that Saul led persecution against the believers of Jesus Christ. It says in verse 3, as for Saul, he made havoc of the church, entering into every house, and hauling men and women committed them to prison. The terror that Saul caused was beyond imagination. The early believers were reeling, not knowing what this would do and how to escape the sure punishment of death. And they fled to Jerusalem and fled from there to preserve their life. And 
We read the actions of Saul from his very own perspective in Acts chapter 26. The context of these comments are recorded as the Apostle Paul was witnessing to King Agrippa. And he follows these comments with the conversation of his conversion on the road to Damascus. It says in Acts chapter 26 and verse 9, I verily, Paul speaking, I verily thought with myself that I ought to do many things contrary to the name of Jesus of Nazareth, which thing I also did in Jerusalem. And many of the saints did I shut up in prison, having received authority from the chief priest. When they were put to death, I gave my voice against them, and I punished them oft in every synagogue and compelled them to, to blaspheme and being exceedingly mad against them. I persecuted them even unto strange cities. We see when we look back in Acts chapter 8, we understand the Apostle Paul was very efficient at his job. He was, as you could say, the best of the best. He had the New Testament church running for their lives. One man. His fervency, his dedication to what he believed was right drove him to drive the church to many different areas. It pushed them out of Jerusalem. In Acts chapter 8 and verse 4, Therefore they that were scattered abroad went everywhere preaching the word. Acts chapter 11 and verse 19 talks about it even more. Now they which were scattered abroad upon the persecution that rose about Stephen traveled as far as Phinehas and Cyprus and Antioch, preaching the word to none but unto the Jews only. Here's the thing about persecution. Persecution tends to promote the very thing it wants to destroy. But you have to have the mindset that what you are being persecuted for, the storm of your life that you are in right now is worth every bit of pain it's causing you for the cause of Jesus Christ. Now, I'm not trying to say that people are going to kick in your doors to your home because you have a Bible or come in here and, and shut the doors to this church. I'm talking about your life. I'm talking about the trial of your life that you're going through right now. Let's make it real. Stop talking in general senses. Let's talk about the things this church is praying for you for. The things that you don't have the strength in yourself. God is here to help you through this storm. Don't ignore the storm in your life. It's here to take you somewhere. Don't get caught up in the details of the fathoms and the waves and, oh, the winds are blowing so strong. Get focused upon what God wants out of this storm for your life. Before you know it, if your priorities are wrong, you'll be focused and you'll become a professional storm weatherman. Woe is me. Look at me. I can see a storm. Oh, brother, you're going through it. I'm going through it right now because that's all you want to stay in because God is trying to take you somewhere, but you're focused on enjoying the storm. God wants to do something in your life this morning. You wouldn't be here if there was not an interest for God to change your situation. 
We prayed for you, and you posted messages, and you talked to Bishop about the problems. And He hasn't shared those with me, but I'm here to tell you, in the Holy Ghost, God wants to help you today. He wants to land you upon the shores of the island of Malta and for you to make a difference in somebody's life instead of you getting so accustomed of the measurement of, of the waves and the winds and everything that's going on. God wants to change your life today. He wants to help you in ways you never thought were possible. But you have to surrender to him. You have to be willing to let him take you somewhere. In the examples I gave of Jonah, in the example I gave of the Apostle Paul, men had their own intentions of where they thought they needed to go. But they took fate at its chance and said, I'll get in a ship that I can only control the rudder and the sails. But he's the one who controls the storm. Don't ignore the storm in your life. God is trying to take you somewhere. He does not want you stuck in this perpetual motion machine of a storm. He's trying to get you to the place that you need to go. Reading on in Acts chapter 11 and verse 20, and some of them were men of Cyprus and Cyrene, which... When they were come to Antioch, spake unto the Grecians and preaching the Lord Jesus. The hand of the Lord was with them, and a great number believed and turned unto the Lord. We see when the church responds to the storm and lets God take them to the places they need to go, there's souls waiting on you. There's revival waiting on you to arrive, for you to walk to their door, for you to step into their life. Those that fled the persecution and went and shared the message that Jesus Christ is the Messiah. They presented the good news of Jesus Christ. That's what it says in Scripture. It doesn't say, woe is me. It says they went and presented the good news. The saints planted the seed and the man of God came and reaped the harvest. You can read in Acts chapter 8, it talks about that very same situation. But one thing I want to call out, the man-made religions of this world will beacon followers to a Mecca, their spiritual rally point that is focused on man or an idol. They say so many years you have to travel all the way around the world and come and bow before this edifice. And that's not what Jesus did. The plan for the church, be the focus. Be the rally point. Instead of running the Mecca that points towards man, I want you to get the man and preach Jesus Christ to them. That's exactly what happened in Acts chapter 8 and verse 5. Then Philip went down to the city of Samaria and preached Christ unto them. He did not say, woe is me. He did not say, oh, that's Saul. That, oh, that's Saul. He's got us again. He's got us against the ropes. He says, no, I'm preaching Christ. And the people with one accord gave heed unto those things which Philip spake, hearing and seeing the miracles which he did. For unclean spirits, crying with loud voice, came out of many that were possessed with them. And many taken with palsies and that were lame were healed. And there was great 
joy in the city. They don't talk about the storm. They talk about the destination the storm took them to. Your hurt will take you places so others can be healed. You have to be willing to be moved by the great and mighty hand of God. And I come with a burden this morning, knowing there are some among us today that are weighed down with the burden of the trials of this life. But don't ignore the storm in your life this morning. God wants to heal you, help you, and more importantly, He wants to use you. He knows exactly what you're going through. He does not want you when the whims of this world beat upon your window to say, oh, it's another storm. It'll be okay. Let the rain pour in. I'm too tired. You don't know the souls that are at stake this morning based upon your perception, how you respond to the storm. Don't ignore the storm in your life this morning, saint. He knows where you're at. He's placed you. It is His will that none would perish. You're not there to die. You're there to do. You're there to be taken. You're there to be used. Don't get caught up in the pity party about everything's going wrong in your life. Everything is right in your life if you're in the middle of a storm because the God of heaven, the one who can say, peace, be still, has spoken into your life. He wants to change it this morning. It's upon you. It's upon you how you want to receive the Word of God that He is sent to hear your voice and for Him to be able to speak into your heart and for you to respond and be able to say, God, change me. Help me. Take me where you want to go. Put me in the great fish. I don't care what land I have to walk to. I don't care what island I have to walk upon. If I have to get bit by a viper, I don't care because you are with me every step of the way. God knows where you are at this morning. You can pull out your phone and turn on your location and you'll have a little blue dot. God knows where you're at right now. It's more intimate than that. He knows exactly what you need to hear. And he's given that word to this preacher to encourage somebody. Hang in there. Don't give up. Stay strong. Be willing to go where he wants you to go. You have to be moldable in the storm. Sometimes the safest thing to do is take down the sails, set the rudder, and let the storm take you where you need to go. Instead of fighting it, instead of saying, oh, no, let's set the main sheet. No, let's set the jib, or let's turn to this degree, or let's lean this way, and let's go put all the weight on this side, or let's throw everything overboard. No, God wants you to go where he wants you to go. You just have to surrender and say, God, wherever you want to take me, I'm yours. Let the storm you've created, you've driven me to the house of God. I'm sitting on a pew this morning. The storm has brought you here today. Don't ignore the storm. For our text, we read in Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 15. For we have not an high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like as we are, 
yet without sin. You see, God is overqualified to empathize with His children. He has been right where you're at right now. His invitation is one that is available in this very moment, in this place today. You see, the high priest of the Old Testament would approach the mercy seat with the blood of atonement and make intercession for the people. But the New Testament sacrifice of Calvary has given believers and those that are pursuing after God direct access to the sacrifice of Jesus Christ, the Lamb slain from the very foundation of this world. No longer is there a dependency for another man to represent you at the needs to God, but he can ask you to bring them yourself. Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 16, it says, Let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace. Not that we can weep and cry and say, Woe is me. Not that he'll pat us on the back and say, Oh, you tried. No, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help us in time of need. All you have to do is ask in faith believing. My last verse of Scripture says in Psalms, I'll read through several of these, so going through in Psalms chapter 107, in verse 1 it says, Oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for He is good, for His mercy endureth forever. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Can I get an amen from the church this morning? Whom He hath redeemed from the hand of the enemy. The purpose of this psalm is to bring recognition from man to God. The only one that could perform such greatness among His people. And what is stated in verse 8 is restated again in verse 15, 21, and 31. And verse 8 says this, Oh, that men would praise the Lord for His goodness, for His wonderful works to the children of men. All throughout this psalm, He's saying, You owe it to me. Oh, that men would praise the Lord in the storm. Oh, that men would surrender to me in the storm. I want to draw your attention down to verse 23. They that go down to the sea in ships, that do business in great waters, these see the works of the Lord and His wonders in the deep. For He commandeth and raiseth the stormy wind, which lifted up the waves thereof. They mount up to the heaven. They go down again to the depths. Their soul is melted because of trouble. They reel to and fro and stagger like a drunken man and are at their wit's end. Then they cry unto the Lord in their trouble, and He bringeth them out of their distresses. He maketh the storm a calm so that the waves thereof are still. Then are they glad because they be quiet. So he bringeth them unto their desired haven. God does that for us if we surrender in a storm. 
instead of trying to fight against the will of God in your life. God is reaching for hearts this morning. Don't wait until it's too late when you wake up and you say, God, don't, don't bother me. I'm too comfortable in this storm. I'm getting plenty of rest. But he's sitting there saying, listen, if you walk out of your comfort zone, there's a danger that I'm trying to get rid of. There's somebody I'm trying to help you save. I'm trying to make a situation that's volatile and dangerous in your life. I'm trying to save souls, not patty cake you. God wants to take the storm of your life and bring you to a place that you cry out for mercy. Until then, go ahead and ride the storms and the waves of life. Because they're going to beat against you until they destroy you. But God has a place. He has a cove. He has a place that He's trying to take you that is safe. It's peace. It is your purpose. If you're tired of the storms in your life, there are people waiting for you to arrive once you give up and surrender to God. Don't ignore the storm in your life. He's trying to bring you through your deepest trial in your life. He's trying to get your attention. And if this is what it takes, he's willing to do it. Even if it has to go to the extreme lengths like Jonah was and pitched overboard because the men were in fear because he was not obeying what God was wanting to do in his life. You see, Jonah was running from Nineveh. He was running from the things of the people that were threatening. If he knows, if I walk into that godless city and try to do things and try to preach Jesus, they will kill me if I go there. History shows these people were not the most pleasant people to be around. Godless. But you find out Jonah was thinking of the objective in his own mind not through the will of God. See, God wanted him to go somewhere. and God was wanting to send him to a place. But he was not willing to go there. And it took extreme measures for him to end up going to where God wanted him finally. God went through extreme lengths of creating that special fish. One that would provide a little cocoon for him to be brought from where he was at to where he was going, and he would walk on the shores and bring revival with him because he was in the will of God. God is preparing the day for you in this very moment for you to be able to stand up and declare victory over the storm in your life. He knows your past, your present, and he's in your future. Make it in a glorious moment in this very day. It depends on how you respond to the storm. You have to lay aside pride. You have to lay aside the cares of this life. You have to lay aside the what-ifs for you to be willing to be woken up from the storm in your life and be able to walk out on the balconies of your life and say, God, whatever it is, take me. I am yours. Let God fight the battles, and give you peace in your heart. In Psalms 107 and 31, at the end of the passage we just read, it says, Oh, that men would praise the Lord for His goodness 
and for His wonderful works to the children of men. You don't have to be in control of victory. Only God does. You don't have to be the one that has everything under control and planned and mapped out and have a planogram and how step one and step two is going to happen and step three and how it's all going to be orchestrated. You just have to surrender to God this morning. It's His way, His way that is perfect. His will that is beautiful. You just have to surrender. He's trying to get you to say, all right, God, enough is enough. You cannot be content with settling for just saying, God, you see what the world's doing to me. You see how hard life is right now. I'm just going to bring a prayer request to the church. There's nothing wrong with that because there's power in prayer. But what's even more powerful than the prayers of those picking up the burden of which you have placed and say, help me, help me. The church will respond accordingly. But what's more important is that you step up to the plate and you surrender and you give everything because power of the Holy Ghost can be inside of you to take your own needs to the throne of grace boldly, boldly. My last verse of Scripture, the musicians would come and we could all stand this morning. I want God to reach down. I want to strike while the iron is hot. God is in this house. And if you want to ride through this storm, so be it. That's on you. But I believe that God wants to reach down and change somebody's direction this morning. He wants to change what's going to happen in your life this morning. You have to surrender to the will of God. You have to lean upon His Word. You have to be willing to be molded in this storm. Isaiah chapter 25 and verse 4. For thou hast been a strength to the poor, a strength to the needy in his distress, a refuge from the storm, a shadow from the heat, when the blast of the terrible ones is a storm against the wall. God is your refuge. And you must be willing to say, God, whatever it takes, I'm done. I'm through. Enough is enough. I can't do this on my own. All I have left is you. All I have left is to surrender to you. Today is your moment to land upon your destination, the beach of which God is wanting to place you. The city that the pressures of this world is driving you towards. This is the house of God. This is the city of refuge. God is here to help you this morning. Can you lift your hands and begin to worship Him? Hallelujah, saints of God. Can we entreat the Lord? Can we help one another pray this morning? God is trying to help somebody get through the storms of this life in this very moment. He's trying to reach down into your life, getting you to surrender. Make a way where there seems to be no way. No matter how you've shored up your life, everything is in your control and everything is by your will and your way. The alert won't go off because it's not God. The alarm won't go off because it's not God. But God is here today through this man of God sounding the alarm in your life. Make yourself ready. Surrender to the storm. Let God take you where He wants to take you in this moment.
Hallelujah. Can we find a place to pray? Don't be shy from the altar. It is your refuge. Oh, come give everything to Him. Don't hide yourself from God. Come surrender. Say, God, you've got my number in this moment. This preacher has preached the Word of God from the depths of my heart. I've given everything that I can that God has given unto me. It's upon you. Do you want to be free? Do you smell it in your life? Things are coming against you. It's the fear of this world trying to destroy you. Trying to hold you at bay from the kingdom of God. The devil wants you to smell the fears of this world, to run from the church. But this is your refuge. God is your refuge. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Wake you from your slumber. Wake you from the slumber of this world. God's trying to reach your heart. Don't turn your back on Him. Don't run away from Him. He loves you so much. He loves you so much. Don't ignore the storm of your life. It's not a season. It's God.